Hi, I'm Ben Pilgreen, lead pastor of Epic Church in San Francisco, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. Our vision here is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. But whether you're listening in from the city that we love here by the bay or wherever you might happen to be in the world today, I want you to know that I'm excited about what God is doing in your life and what he's doing in our Epic Church community. I hope you'll find this message encouraging and that it will inspire you to take your next steps along your faith journey. Yo, awesome peeps in the house. I am so stoked to be totally vibing with you all right now. I mean, seriously, can we give a major shout out for that lit bumper video? I mean, our team is rocking those vibes like nobody's business. Come on, Miguel. I'm about to drop some practical, serious bombs that's going to have you flexing those faith muscles and leveling up your faith game that is totally chill and authentic. So let's keep it real, stay hype, and have some conversations that are going to be trending for days. You're legends, fam. No, no, don't sleep on this book. No cap. I let the dogs out today because it is summer here in San Francisco. I'm extra, I know. And my three teenagers are going to let me know if I slay this. If I can learn teenager, I am fully confident that you can learn the two languages that we're going to talk about today. Are you with me? Okay, why do we need to learn two languages, Shauna? Because Christianity needs to be explained. Because we don't just engage with one culture these days. And because how we share our faith needs some reframing. If you've been tracking with us here at Epic, and I promise you I'm not going to be a teenager the whole time, but we've been doing the series of Colossians. And last week we looked at Colossians 4, 2 through 6. And I love I love so much how Paul kind of eases us in to engaging with culture when he says this, that we make it clear, which is how we ought to speak. Author um, of one of my favorite books, Mirror Mirror Discipleship, Alistair McGrath, he's an Oxford professor and theologian, and this is what he says um, about Christianity. Christianity does need to be explained. The Bible needs to be interpreted and applied. And both involve us as active agents doing our best to translate the realities of the gospel into the categories of the contemporary, not to reduce the gospel to contemporary ideas, but to allow it to gain access to people's minds and lives so that it can begin its work of transformation and renewal. Do you ever leave here on Sundays so excited about your faith? only to get shy about your faith on Monday? Do you see things or have conversations where you wish that you had the clarity and the courage to bring up Jesus and what he's doing in your life? Does your heart break over unnecessary evils that are happening around us? Have you ever wanted to share your Jesus story? I was thinking I wanted to offer you a new way to look at evangelism, Really, it's the original way to look at evangelism. Now, this part of the message, it really is geared at those of us who would say, I'm Christian. 
I follow Jesus, and I want other people to know about him too. Even though you, t- you don't know exactly how to do it, you're going to read Translating Jesus. But this message really is, the first part of it really is for those of you who call yourselves Christian. At the same time, if this is not you, you don't identify with Jesus yet, I hope you want this to be true for the Christians in the room. You want to know that the Christians are here because they want to learn more about Jesus and they want to know how to love the world like Jesus loves the world. So let me ask you all, what comes to your mind when you hear the word evangelism? Is it that TV evangelist? Is it a person on a soapbox or on the street corner with a megaphone? Or do you think of people who are holding signs? Well, the Greek word for evangelism means to bring good news. To bring good news. I am an everyday evangelist. You are an everyday evangelist. Now, here's how I know this. You and I have something in our lives that we could talk about all day long. You're passionate about this. Your dog, your shows, your dining experiences, your travel hacks, your kids, your music, your sports team, your spreadsheets, your life planning, you name it. You could talk about it all day long. I want you to turn to the person beside you And I want you to tell them what you are passionate about. What could you talk about all day long? Now, don't get passionate about it. We don't have time for that. You've got 10 seconds. Go. (laughs) Yep, that's what I was afraid of. You're all getting passionate about it. Now, let me ask you, raise your hand if you just spoke to someone you've never spoken to ever before. Like you just turned to somebody you've never had a conversation with, and you just, that's awesome. See, this is how we get ready to go into our week and have faith conversations. We're going to put it into practice today. Well, here is what evangelism is not, although Christians, we sometimes are guilty of making it about this. But evangelism is not about making converts. It is not brainwashing. It's not forcing someone to believe. And it's not telling someone where they're going to go if they die tonight without knowing Jesus. That's not evangelism. Here's how I describe evangelism. Evangelism isn't coercion or conversion, but a caring conversation. It's I've got something so good to share with you, it'd be ridiculous for me not to share it. Ben said last week as we were talking about um, Colossians, he said that every spiritual gift comes with evangelism. This means every gift from God comes with the good news of God. So if hospitality is your spiritual gift, it is done with the good news of Jesus. If service is your gift, serve with the good news of Jesus. If healing is your gift, do so in the name of Jesus. If words of encouragement, if that is your spiritual gift, speak that with the good news of Jesus. If wise counsel is what you give, give that with the good news of Jesus. If you're in tech, finance, 
You lead in the classroom or the courtroom. You manage people, take care of kids. You have opportunities every single day to share the good news of Jesus. Consider this from 1 John 4, 19. In light of what we know about receiving the good news and giving the good news, we love because he first loved us. We have received the good news of Jesus, and that's why we give the good news of Jesus. So if Christianity needs to be explained, and we're open to the idea that we're everyday evangelists, where do we start? We start by learning these two languages. We've got two languages to learn and put into practice if we are going to be effective with our love for Jesus and our love for others. The two languages are this, culture and Christ. And the way we learn them is through practice. We practice speaking these languages. And I'm, a, I'm okay with Duolingo learning my Spanish, but let me just say, with practicing these two languages, we don't gamify it because the language of Christ and the language of culture aren't learned from a program, but they're learned from putting them into practice with real human beings in real time. So how do we learn the language of culture? The language of culture is paying attention. The language of culture is paying attention. And paying attention, it's listening. But it's not just any kind of listening. The world and culture can only listen from a place of mindfulness. Now that's a cultural buzzword, right? Christians have the spirit of the living God connecting our mind, soul, will, and emotions to enable us to be holistic listeners. I want to share a story. I just spoke with Pete, who's in town visiting his 100-year-old dad. Within five minutes, we covered the election, his high school alma mater, and his English essay which was inspired by helping a drunk man on a street corner he can point to outside the coffee shop window. I gave him my email address as a small gesture if he needed us to take his father anything or to check in on him after Pete returned home to Florida. What I didn't say was, hey, I'm a Christian. This is what good church-going Christians do. Do you know Jesus? I've heard you use his name a time or two, but incorrectly. Rather... I told him we live far from family too, and it means so much to have people here we can call on in time of need. He asked what I was working on. It was then I got to tell him that I was writing this book for you. I did not tell him my eight-year-old's salvation story, though I'm living on that foundation. The key for translating Jesus is practice. Now, you're often not telling your salvation story first or even on the 15th conversation, you're telling your in-the-moment story. Who Jesus is to you in the moment. Who Jesus is to them in the moment. Letting Jesus in the moment use you. Now, there is only one way to God, and that is through his son, Jesus Christ. But there's not just one way of sharing him with others. To speak the language of Christ to this culture is to speak the language of love. To speak the language of culture is to look for opportunities to give Christ love. 
So how are you with learning the language of culture? Are you slaying it? I know for me, even though we're raising teenagers and raising people in the the younger generation, I know for me, that's an area that I need to grow in on how they see life, how they, what they value, how they learn. Now, maybe your job helps you speak culture. You're pretty good at it. Or maybe you're frustrated with culture. You're frustrated with all the voices and the changing opinions and the changing theories that you've retreated from learning culture. But knowing where you are with the language of culture, which is paying attention, will be helpful as you consider the language of Christ. I want to turn our attention to the person who knows how to speak both languages really well, and he modeled it for us. Jesus speaks our language. He gets us. He knows us. I want to show you a few examples of how he did this. Luke 5.27, Jesus watched Matthew as a tax collector. And what did he say to him? Follow me. In John 8.11, Jesus saw what was happening to the woman caught in adultery. And he told her, go and sin no more. Matthew 9.22, Jesus experiences a touch in the crowd. And he looks at the woman in her eyes and he said, Your faith has made you well. And then Acts 9, 4, uh, Jesus goes extreme with Saul because Saul was acting extreme. And this is what he says. He blinds him with a question. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus didn't say the same thing to everyone. He listened to them. He paid attention, and he spoke to them in a way they could relate and understand. The language of Christ is prayer. The language of Christ is prayer. Prayer brings Jesus into everything. Prayer brings Jesus into everything. We have a better better possibility of knowing what to do because of prayer than without it. I want to read you another story. One day, several of our kids were going early to church, so it made more sense for Ben to take them in our van and for me to take a lift. My driver, who I call Aaron, picked me up in his Camry, and conversation started immediately about where I was headed. I mentioned church, and he went there, both in his car and in conversation. He shared how he put humanity ahead of religion and taught his children to do the same. I shared how the love I get from God affects how I better love humanity. We both agreed that people practice evil in the name of religion, and we wanted no part of it. Then Aaron shifted the conversation as he pointed out an Airbnb billboard on the 101 that read, Help us host Afghan refugees. That's where I'm from, he said. It was a proud and solemn acknowledgement. I'm overwhelmed with the stressful paperwork of trying to get my parents out of there, he added. I sympathized with him and asked if I could pray for peace and for his family. He was receptive, and my only request was that he keep his eyes open. (laughs) God, I began, for we both believed he existed. I finished praying 
as we arrived at my church, and I reached into my bag for a church invite card. While I was doing so, he told me that one, no one had ever prayed with him in a rideshare before, and two, he felt an overwhelming peace. People need Jesus. They hurt. They search. They experiment. They still haven't found what they're looking for. We know this because Jesus has met our needs. Why did you say yes to Jesus? What needs of yours does he meet? The humans around us, created by God, need the gospel and want to experience the love of Christ. So we need to know how best to share it with them. As we learn the language of Christ, which is prayer, and the language of culture by paying attention, we can converse successfully about God's love in our present-day context. Now, that story didn't happen yesterday, obviously. But a story, I want to tell you a story that happened last week. Now, I was in a, a neighborhood I'm not normally in, and I went into a grocery store I don't normally go into. And there was only one lane, one, one register that, that was open. And so I'm in a long line of people, but no one was behind me in line paying attention. So I noticed all along while I'm waiting my turn and looking at the clock that the, the cashier had an apron on and she had her hand tucked in the apron. I could tell, I could tell she was in pain. So as she is um, bagging my groceries, I just went for it. And I said, is your arm hurt? And she began to tell me the story of the swelling from carpal tunnel. And it was really aggravating her that day. And I asked, would it be okay if I pray with you? I pray every day. And she was open. So I went a little further. And I said, can I pray for you right now? And she welcomed that. And a little further. And I said, could I put my hand on your wrist? And she was open to it. So I just began to pray, in Jesus' name, cause the swelling of the carpal tunnel to be gone. Now, I'm not here to tell you that we saw a miracle happen, but you know what happened? We both had smiles on our faces because I got to talk to Jesus on her behalf, and she saw how much I cared enough to talk to Jesus on her behalf. That's what it looks like to speak the language of Christ. You can do it this week. You can do it when you leave here. When you go to a restaurant, try this. Just try it. Nothing bad's going to happen. When you go to a restaurant and the server comes to take your order, and the server comes around often, right? So even if it takes a few times, them coming back to your table, work up the courage to say, I'm a person of faith. Or I pray every day. I'm about to pray for my meal. Is there something I can pray about for you? And you will be amazed at the difference it's going to make that, you, that they know you care enough to pray for them. So give it a try. Let me give you another opportunity. In your seats, you have these um, Luke 1102 cards. They're really tiny and cute and go into your wallet, but they're powerful. So this is, this is called a Luke 1102 card. And this little card will help you pray. Even on the back of it, it already has the prayer written out for you. We're winning. Prayer precedes a conversation and an invitation. So you can even be praying before you even ask the server what to pray for. You can be praying, God, would you give me the courage to ask the person how I can pray? So prayer precedes conversation and invitation. But Luke 1102, the reason it's Luke 1102, it teaches us to pray 
your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. So another thing you could do is to set your alarm to go off at 11.02 a.m., depending on what kind of person you are, a.m. or p.m., but for your alarm to go off at 11.02 and for you to pray for the names that you put inside the card. And these could be three names of people that you want to have a faith conversation with. They could be three people, friends or family, that you want to come to know Jesus. But more on that later. This is a way that you can practice the language of Christ. But be paying attention, though. Be paying attention, though. Because by practicing prayer, God is going to give you opportunities to listen and share. So if you begin your day saying, God, would you show me, would you open up doors, would you bring me into conversations that I could mention you? You have to be paying attention because he's going to give you opportunities where you get to listen to people's stories and have opportunities to share. Because this is not all learned in church. It's not like we all learn it, we go out, and they all just receive Jesus. You have to put it into practice. Are we going to mess up? Yes. Are we going to miss opportunities? Yes. Will we get other opportunities? Yes. Will we be awkward? Probably. Probably. And if that's your holdup, I want you to start on page 119 in the book because I address what it's like to be that awkward person. I re- Lindsay alluded to it early, but I really do encourage us. I feel like, and Ben has said it already, we really do believe as a team here that God is up to something so unique, so special here at Epic, in the church in the city, and in San Francisco. And you've been prayed for as you came in today. We've been expecting you. And we really believe that God's at work. And he doesn't want to just use one of us. He wants to use all of us. So I encourage you, challenge you a bit, to read the first 14 chapters. That's two-thirds of the book in two weeks. That's a chapter a day. And if reading's not your thing, you can download it on Audible. It's not my voice, but it's somebody else's. Probably just as good. But I really do encourage you to go ahead and get into the book. Then, two weeks from today, I'm going to teach. If you are practicing culture, the language of culture, and you're practicing the language of Christ, what happens? Because when you start speaking two languages, you become bilingual. So more on that in two weeks. I want you to raise your hand if you are here, and you can just do a little. Raise your hand if you're here because someone personally invited you to church, whether that was five years ago, five months ago, five days ago, and Facebook and Google and YouTube do not count. So raise your hand if you've been, you were personally invited to church. Wow. I think I'm seeing at least 20 or 30 hands. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Now, regardless of how you found Epic, I want you to turn to the person to the left or right, and I want you to tell them who invited you or how you found Epic? Their answers might surprise you. So I'm going to give you a minute to do that. Tell the person beside you how you found Epic.
some of you are just like, Google. And others of you are like, well, it was a day back in September. All right. All right. Just go ahead and move that conversation to brunch. But don't forget, hey, how can I pray for you? We're people who pray. In Alpha, I remember towards the end of the course, sitting with three friends, um, three non-Christian friends, and I asked them this question. If you didn't know anything about Christianity, how would you want to be told about it? If you didn't know anything about Christianity, how would you want to be told about it? And my three friends gave three different answers. Here were their answers. Explain the facts. Tell me your story. And invite me into what you're a part of. This is what they wanted. This is what they want. Explain the facts. And if you don't feel like you know all the facts, that's what Alpha's for. Invite them to Alpha or come to Alpha with them. Or you come to Alpha and learn the facts. Tell them your story. Again, it doesn't have to be your salvation story. It could just be saying, this is what Jesus is doing in my life today. And then invite me to be what you're a part of. You know, I think sometimes we think we're the scared ones having to do the inviting. When the truth is, so many of our friends and family, coworkers and neighbors, they live scared. Because they don't know where to put their hope. They don't know where to find this peace. And we're the ones that have the answer. Okay, we're going to do some more conversation practice. Um, so you want to maybe partner up with one or two people, probably just one other person for this. But I want you to turn to that person, and I want you, you're going to invite them to church. Now, the good news is they're here. So they're going to tell you, yes, I'd love to come. Okay, but we're going to give some practice here. Because if we can do it here, I'm confident you can do it out there. So turn to the person beside you, and one of you invite the other to church. Go. Great job. Great job. (laughs) I don't know what else you're inviting them to. Great job. I wish, I really wish you could see all the smiles that I see on your faces right now. So good. So good. It's that easy, right? Will you come to church with me on Sunday? I really am curious what else you're inviting them to. All right. I'm going to make it a little harder. So the person who just asked that question, they got off pretty easy. Now, role reversal. And the other person is now, let's say that there's been a conversation about a hardship or about grief, or maybe they're dealing with anxiety and they've just shared that with you. I want the other person to, tell the, to ask the person, hey, can I pray with you? Or, you got two options, or you could say, hey, that's been a part of my story. Do you mind if I share it with you? Okay, so you got two options here. This person has just shared a hardship, grief, maybe they're dealing with something, um, and you're going to ask them, hey, can I pray for you? Or, hey, that's been a part of my story. Would you mind if I share it with you? Okay, go. 
Say that to the other person. You just had some great practice right there. And I know we're all really nice people, and so we welcome to those questions. But Epic Church, I think you're going to be surprised as you practice these two languages this week of how much someone is just waiting for you to ask. They're waiting for you to listen. Why do we do this? Why do we care? Why do we love? Why do we take the time to pay attention to what's going on at work and at home and in our building and at the grocery store? Why do we pay attention? Why do we pray? I have found the answer in Romans 5.8. Because while you and I had our back to God, he came near to us. That's why. Now, remember earlier, I singled you Christians out, said something directly to you. But I believe that there are some in this room and are watching online. I mean, you're at church. You have Christian friends. But you've never received the good news of Jesus for yourself. And you can respond to the good news today. And here's the good news. Here's the good news. Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. He went to the cross to die for you. And you can love him back. And the way you love him back is giving your life back to him. Saying, Jesus, because of what you did for me, I want to love you back by surrendering my life, making you Lord of my life. And then you get to spend the rest of your days loving one another. The Bible teaches us that People will know that we're his disciples. People will know that we're Christians by the way we love one another. That's the good news. Jesus loves you. Love him back and love one another. So if you're sitting here and the spirit is speaking to you, you're just, things are, you're thinking about things and feeling things in your heart that you weren't when you came in those doors. I believe the spirit is tugging on your heart and you've heard the good news and you can respond to that today. You can receive that today. Here at Epic, we have an amazing prayer team that as we get ready to sing, they're going to be stationed around the room, and they love to pray. And they would love to pray with you. And if you are receiving the good news today, they would love to celebrate that with you. But Christians, we're the ones that have the good news and we're the ones that get to share the good news. So I encourage you, maybe during, during this time, to, to fill out that card, to take it seriously and put down three names. To maybe bring that card and come pray at the altar and just give those, give those people to God and say, God, I'm trusting you that you're going to give me opportunities by text or email or phone call or conversation to engage with them in the coming weeks. Maybe you just want to sit and pray over that card 
Maybe you want to pray with someone sitting beside you. You're now BFFs, right? But I believe that God is at work in this place. He's working with our kids. He's, he's in the room with our young people, and he's here. And I believe, whether it's receiving the good news or praying over these names, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to every single one of us. And whatever he's asking you to do, whatever he's putting on your heart, whatever, uh, someone's name, maybe it's been five years since you've even had that conversation. Whoever God's putting on your heart, let's respond to Jesus now. Seth is going to um, teach us a new song. It's a song he wrote from this city, from this house. And it's a song that's going to be released to the world in the next few weeks. But it's a song that we as a church, we as believers can declare today. So respond as Jesus leads. Thank you so much for joining us on the Epic Church Podcast today. If you would like to learn more, you can go to epicsf.com. I want to also encourage you to download the Epic SF app so that you can keep up with everything that God is doing in and through this community in downtown San Francisco.